Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning. Just a couple things. Well, first of all, that song, That Follow You, kind of reminds me um, of something I heard last night. Scott and I went to a concert last night, and Tim Timmons as a very uh, fun person to go see. And he talked a lot about how we get in the habit of praying, um, God, would you just go with me and keep me safe? And he said, what if, you know, God's already there? What if God's already with you and you live that way and you believe that and you turn that around and you say, God, where are you going? And let me just follow you. I want you to lead me. And that reminded me so much of that song. And I just wanted to share that because I, I, I do, I think, that God is already at work in our lives and the lives of others, and we need to be looking for that opportunity to follow him, like that says, into the homes of the broken. And, and our whole ministry is about that, just loving people and taking action on that. And it also reminds me of our Love Does study um, that Susan is leading, and that is meeting today um, after worship. And this is, they call this a five-week experiment in doing the love of God. So it, it fits perfectly with, with that song as well. Um, I also want to tell you about food day next week. We all love food day. We're going to do a picnic theme. So just bring picnic foods and we'll have a fellowship meal. I hear clapping in the back. I love it too. It's, it's warming up. We're all ready for that. And then also kind of in line with loving and doing things in the world that we talked a few weeks ago about service and outreach. And there were a group of you that were really interested in kind of brainstorming and coming up with ideas of what we could be about this next year. So that group is going to meet today, and this is open to anybody. If you want to help brainstorm ideas for outreach and service, I think we're going to meet 15 minutes up here at this front table just after church. So please join us for that. Um, and then on the screen here, oh, supplies needed, paper towels and plastic forks. That's a new one for me. i got to pay attention to what's up there. So those of you that want to help stock the pantry, it looks like we need paper towels and plastic forks. So just please bring those in. Can you put up the other slide? Thank you. So I also wanted to share this. This is the walk for neurofibromatosis. Did I say that right? Yes. After all these years, I'm finally getting that down. Um, so for Rick and Jason and Micah too, right? Um, all affected with this. And so this is coming up. I know it's June, June 20th. If you would like to participate in that, if you would like to donate money to that, I know they're preparing some baskets for that. Um, so any of those things, the point people on that are Rick and Laura in the back. I think everybody knows Rick and Laura. So if you want to be involved and help out with that, that's a great opportunity just to show love and, and kind of partner with those guys. Okay, I think I, did I leave anything out? I think we're good. Okay, children, you guys can all go off to your classrooms, and I'm going to turn it over to Ann. Megan and I are challenged when Robert leads worship because of the microphone, <laughs> but we love it when Robert's here. Today we are continuing our series that is looking at building bridges. We talked about the bridge that we need back to God, and that's Jesus on the cross. And last week we talked about building bridges with family and friends and coworkers and fellow students and those kinds of things, and you know, those are challenging enough connecting with our own bridge back to God and then building that bridge to people that we like 
What about this one? I love, you know, those are like crazy dogs. And as much of a dog lover as I am, those guys look like they could hurt, don't they? And when I saw this graphic, I thought it was just a static graphic. And so when I actually pulled the PowerPoint up and they started running like this, it was like, wow, that's scary. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you think about people in your life, people who've been in your life, any of them ever resemble this? Yeah, wild, mad, rabies-laden dogs. It's scary, isn't it? And our God calls us to build bridges to them. He calls us to love our enemies. Wow. When I think about bridge building and I think about these guys, the literal human ones, I want to build a bridge over them and leave them in the pit. Don't you? I mean, isn't that our human nature? Now, we know better. We know what we should do, but our human nature says, leave them. Let's build that bridge over them. They're doing whatever they're doing for whatever reasons they're doing it, but they're not on the team that I want to be on. They're working against me. So building a bridge to things that can and have hurt us, does that make any sense? Not in human terms. Clearly not in human terms. Well, I got to ask you, does anybody come to mind? Who's the Boris Badenoff in your world? Think about it for a minute. And, and I know, you know, this, this message challenges me because the enemy wants to tell me that somehow, some way, I shouldn't be giving this message today because I struggle with this. That maybe there's someone of you, and, and I mean this sincerely, that has found a way to overcome what it means to love your enemies and actually do it and do it well. And I pray that, that you all do. I'm just telling you that I don't, even though I try. And so it's a challenge when it's something that you struggle with, loving your enemies, to try to talk about what God says about that without a whole lot of conviction. And so I've had a whole lot of conviction this week because I do struggle here. And there is at least one, two, a few Boris Badnovs that I can think of in my world over time. You try to love everybody, and for those of us that have truly accepted who Jesus is in our lives, we know that the call on our lives is to love everyone, but it's hard. It's hard to love a person who's lied to you, who's hurt you, who's abandoned you, who's deceived you, who's cheated on you, who's done you wrong. It's hard to love that, isn't it? counterintuitive. Do you have a face in mind? Well, many of Jesus's teachings were counterintuitive to our human nature, weren't they? And I want to turn to scripture first today out of Jesus's words that we know as the Sermon on the Mount, just so rich with really practical teaching that Jesus was taking everything that had been taught before, the truth of the Old Testament, and then kind of adding to it in the sense of turning it on its head a little bit and doing it from the, the nature of what God really has in mind for our lives. And so in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 45, he says this, You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
And that was the, the wisdom of, of prior days. And honestly, from a human perspective, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. So, it, so in other words, what he's getting at there is that God blesses all people with life. He has blessed each one of us with life, and we have all fallen short of his glorious standard, his holy and perfect standard. And he provides each human being, regardless of the choices that we ever make, with life and what it takes to sustain life. In this sense, he's talking about the sun rising and, and the rain being poured out upon. He gives that to all human beings, whether they behave or not. Now, when we have our Boris Badenoff in our head, it's easy to say they don't deserve it. Of course, the real kicker in all of this is neither do we, right? We have fallen short as well. We may be somebody else's Boris Badenoff. We have not always behaved appropriately. For that, I'm certain that that's true of all of us. And so when God says this, it really challenges something at the core, not only in the, wow, I have to love my Boris, and what does that mean? But also, someone is extending that grace, or, or should be, to me. First and foremost, my Father in heaven extends that grace to me. Thank you, Lord. And second of all, there have been people through my life who have chosen to forgive me for my bad behavior, and I'm so very grateful of that. But this challenge to build bridges with our enemies, why? Why can't we just leave them alone, leave them out there somewhere? Well, the why comes back around to they need Jesus. Someone behaving truly badly would behave differently if they had Jesus deeply in their heart, wouldn't they? Haven't you? If they knew Jesus, if they really had a relationship of understanding their need to be forgiven and the fact that he fully forgives, things would change. And so on those days when the Boris Badenoff in my head is hurtful, the one thing I can do is pray. Because I wouldn't deny or want to deny anybody a right relationship with Jesus. Because first and foremost, that's just the way it should be. But second of all, there is something in it for me. There's something in it for us, isn't there? Because if your enemy really got a hold of that truth, would they be your enemy anymore? They wouldn't. They need Jesus. That's why we build a bridge to them. Second of all, we need humility more than we need to be right. Ouch. <laughs> that one's hard. But we have all been forgiven much, and that's why we choose to forgive and therefore begin to build this bridge to our enemies. Now, it's so easy to say, but they've done this. They've done that. And our perspective is what's important here, because as you look at if, if this is Jesus, 
on my right, your left side, and he is perfect, never sinned. And if on the far end, named your worst enemy ever or the worst person you can think of, Adolf Hitler, whomever, is over here, where are we? We're somewhere here, maybe. I don't know, you can, you can talk all day and justify whether you're any better or any worse than any other sinner any other time, but we're cl- clearly not over here. We're not standing next to Jesus. We're humans. And so from a forgiveness perspective, it's only he that can come in and redeem and resolve any of this, any of it. So for me, the humility that comes from knowing that just because I am in a right relationship with Jesus doesn't mean I'm better. It just means I'm redeemed. And my enemy has something to learn or something that I can provide to help build that bridge to Jesus. Because we all need to come to that understanding personally that we are in need of a Savior, that we need to be saved, that we are in fact sinners, and that Jesus came into the world to live and to walk among us, to understand what this human nature was like, and that's why he speaks to it. He gets it. He understands it deeply. He's experienced it, the negatives that come from that sin nature. We underst- when we understand and accept our need, and then we embrace who he is and say, yeah, I need a Savior, and Jesus, it's you. You are who you say you are. You are truly God, and I need you to come into my heart, into my life, and to change me, and I believe. That changes everything, and only then do we really have any desire to build bridges to our enemies because they won't be our enemies anymore. And thirdly, we do this because we have the privilege to share Jesus. It's not something we're forced to do. It's not something that we have to do. It's a privilege. When we know that truth, then this is all about outreach, which is what this series is about. You know, the band, for those of you that listen to contemporary Christian music, the band Citizen Way has a new song on the radio now called The Evidence. And I don't know if you've heard it, but Citizen Way has become a a band that's really important to Brad and I because our son Ben has gotten to know Ben Calhoun, who's the lead singer of Citizen Way, really well because he works at Judson University where Ben's at. And he's the director of the recording program there when he's not off touring with Citizen Way. Now, you think about these guys that front bands and even Christian bands, it it can go to your head, can't it? I mean, they can be kind of showy. They can be, they're out front people and you just don't know um, the character of, of anyone necessarily. And so when Ben started hanging around with Ben, we were, you know, kind of wanting to make sure that this was a really good, solid influence. And this song came out, The Evidence, and it starts off, it's, it's not a flag in my yard. It's, it's not all these different things that I show. It's not a religion that I profess, but love is the evidence of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's a real catchy pop song, and it's, it's a good one because really the only evidence of a relationship with Jesus is the love that we show. And so this all translates back to, to your enemies, but if you think about it just in general, the way in which we reach people isn't through being right, 
isn't through beating people up, isn't through smacking them around with the truth, it's through love. And it's interesting as we've gotten to know Ben Calhoun, he walks this out because we watch. Now, all of us watch people in our world, too, don't we? And we watch those who profess to have this relationship with Christ. Do they really, or are they just saying it? Well, as we've had an opportunity to be around Ben, one of the things that, that comes out to me is, is last year we, we uh, were in a collection of concerts down in Nashville that they were a part of, and there was a 5K one morning of the time we were down there, and Brad and I ran in the 5K, and Ben Calhoun and a whole lot of the other musicians ran as well well I'm he was a really fast runner let me just say he got second overall Ben Calhoun and um, I was somewhere behind that I'll just put it that way and and Brad was somewhere behind him but not all that far but here's my point with Ben Calhoun was as people were crossing the line and this was he finished in about I don't know 18 minutes and he stood there, and he high-fived people as they crossed the line. And, and so Brad crossed, and he was there and high-fived him. And I crossed sometime later, and he was there and high-fived me. And an hour later, as people were walking, and people were rolling people in wheelchairs, and people were walking dogs and strollers, and people that really didn't run the race but were finishing the race, there was Ben Calhoun high-fiving people. Now, if he had just wanted to be seen... He would have done that for a few minutes as some of the runners came through and felt good about himself. Now, I only know this because I, I tend to, you know, we all have that theory of, okay, somebody's watching me. Maybe I ought to do something that, that looks good. No, he wanted to be there until the last person crossed the line. And while a lot of the other musicians, and I'm not putting this off on anybody because nobody needed to do that. But a lot of them hung around for a little bit and then kind of got out of the crowd because they didn't necessarily like being pressed in by the crowd. And again, I'm not faulting them for that. I'm simply saying that this guy stood there till the last person crossed the line. Love is the evidence of a relationship, isn't it? And that's his way of showing it. He just loves people. And I want more of that in my life because I'm guessing that a person like that has less trouble loving their enemies if they're just open to loving everybody. The Apostle Paul knew something about enemies. He, he ended up doing everything that he did on Jesus' behalf because he was so aware of how much he'd been forgiven. You see, he had been the enemy. He'd been the one persecuting Christians. He'd been one of the ones there when Stephen was stoned. He had an aggressive personality. He didn't even always get along with his fellow Christ followers. But that didn't stop him from loving. And so Paul, in his letter to the Romans, in Romans chapter 12, and if, if you remember Romans chapter 12, it starts off with that present your life as a living sacrifice, and so that's the context for all of this. It's just we should just live our lives as a sacrifice to what Jesus has done for us. But later in that chapter, verses 17 through 21, he says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, which means basically don't be the instigator. Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, 
but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay. You see, God will handle evil. We don't have to be the justice bringer. He is. And he's the big daddy, isn't he? And I read this voice, and I think about times when we were little kids, and we'd want to go and run and tattle on our brothers or sisters. You remember that. Like, he did it. God knows. God knows. And he forgives. He forgives those who have done evil to you. That's a tough one. But he also forgives the evil we've done to others. He forgives, but he doesn't tolerate evil. And see, that's the whole purpose of Jesus. Jesus overcame evil. We don't overcome it on our own. And it's not that there aren't consequences for doing bad things. But God's got it all figured out. And we don't have to be the justice bringers. He's got it. So we don't have to repay evil with evil. Well, the verses go on in Romans 12. On the contrary, Paul says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The best way to get your quote-unquote revenge is by heaping good on the Boris Badenoff in your world. You've heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people. It's so true. Somewhere, the Boris in your life needed to be valued, and they weren't. Now, that doesn't excuse bad behavior. But if we think back to the core of why people do hurtful things, there's something missing inside, or they wouldn't. We uh, got a a letter this week. We've got the newest um, newsletter from the CAC, and I put it on the back table there, and I'll put this with it. But they send out a thing, I think it's about monthly, that says a word from our kids. And one of the kids that they interviewed this month was Samuel, our, one of our sponsored students. And one of the questions that they put to him is, tell us about someone you admire. And Samuel, age 10, says, I admire my sponsor, the people at Friends and Family Church. <laughs> yeah, because they make me feel important. Samuel's never been here. To my knowledge, even those of us that were in East St. Louis last year, I'm not sure we ever met Samuel. And he admires us because we make him feel special? Wow. How does that have to do with loving your enemies? Well, we all need to feel special. And if we don't get that, if we don't receive that as a child, And if we don't translate that into knowing that our Heavenly Father feels that we are of immense value and wealth, that we are special, that we are important, why would we behave anything other than badly if we don't get that? You see, we have to get that. Or we will behave badly. 
to know that your identity is the child of the one true king and to truly understand how important that makes you. Not in a puffed up proud sort of way, but in a just, wow, Father God loves me that much that I am important. How does my attitude go from feeling the need to reach out and at other people to truly just being so amazed at how valuable I am to the one true king that I don't even think about the garbage stuff in my life. Somewhere along the way, the Boris in your world didn't get it. Maybe doesn't get it. Maybe never will. I don't know. I hope that they do. And it's not our responsibility to make them get it. But having some of that understanding might help. Again, I want to be really clear here. That doesn't excuse bad behavior. That doesn't mean you go back into a situation where someone is treating you so poorly that you just open yourself up to abuse, literally. But it does mean that we can have a sense of understanding of why and that there's something that we can do no matter what the situation. You go back to original sin, you go back to Adam and Eve and what God had given them that seemed to them that he held out one thing that they couldn't have and he was holding out on them that they couldn't eat from that tree and they didn't feel important enough. They wanted to be like him and so they went for it. And that sin has translated into every sin that's ever been done. But if we knew how complete his love were for us, we wouldn't behave badly. And how we can translate that into caring about our enemies, literally, even though they've harmed us, can make a huge difference. Building these bridges with our enemies We need to not seek revenge, Scripture tells us. It won't work, and it won't right the other person. If we were to get even for for something horrible that had been done to us, we might feel better for a minute, but it would never right the situation. Two wrongs don't make a right, and ultimately it will wrong us, and it's not worth that. So let God be God. He knows, he cares about what's been done to us by our enemies. He also knows what we've done. And he is the great justice giver at the end. He promises to forgive and redeem all who will call upon his name. And if possible, live in peace. And and what this means is really owning our own peace in it. To live peaceably with other people means not to be the instigator. And there are times, and even Paul did it. Paul separated from Barnabas because they'd had a sharp disagreement, it says. And sometimes that's okay. It doesn't mean you have to be in each other's lives constantly. But if you can put some boundaries there that allow you to continue to live peaceably as much as you do interact with your enemies... That's important as well. And then scripture calls us to overcome evil with good. 
well, Bob Goff and, and Susan's doing this study on Love Does, and I, it's just a great book. But Bob Goff tells this story about witch doctors in, I believe it's Somalia, where he had been. And these witch doctors were literally sacrificing children. And I, I can't think, whew, of a greater evil. So what does he do? Well, he goes into Somalia and builds schools for witch doctors. And you're thinking, are you crazy? These are the most evil of all evil people, even maybe beyond Hitler in my example. How could you serve them in that way? Well, if they're educated, maybe they'll choose a different life for themselves. And so he builds the school, and the witch doctors start coming to the school, and they end up being able to graduate from the school and, and get on a path towards a different life. And Bob Goff goes over to the graduation, and he gets up. And the one thing that you don't do to a witch doctor in that culture, he says, is you don't touch them. Now, I'm not sure I'd ever want to touch a witch doctor <laughs> anyway, but that's like taboo. And Bob Goff is this great big, he's like 6'5", and he's got a wingspan probably twice as wide as mine and probably need the microphone even higher than Robert. And he's, he says he goes up to each one of them, and as he's helping hand off their diplomas, he grabs them and hugs them and kisses them on the forehead. And people, when he was telling this story, are getting repulsed by that, thinking, how in the world can you embrace, can you love on witch doctors? And he said, here's what nobody knew in the audience. I did that for a reason because God had challenged him to just do this radical love thing. He said, but I meant it when I said, you know, good for you, basically. And I whispered in every one of their ears, he said, if you ever touch another child, I will kill you. <laughs> and he meant it. And isn't that love? It's a combination of grace and truth. It is not okay for you to ever touch another child. But good for you that you're educated now. Go pick another path. I love that as an example of love because we tend to get into that attitude that says, okay, love our neighbors means that we have to make them our best friend. No, it doesn't. It means you have to be good to them. It means you have to be good to them. Building bridges to your Boris. What are some practical things that we can do? Well, we can all pray. We can pray for those people that have wronged us. It's really effective. And it releases something in us when we do. We can commit to be kind. That's not too much to ask. Simple kindness. And then my, my cousin, one of my BFFs in my world, that she uses this, this, uh, this next one with me a lot. She's like, Ann, you just need to shutty up sometimes. <sighs> and if you can relate to that, you know who you are. <laughs> sometimes we just want to go at our enemies, even behind their backs or to people. I'm, I'm, it's just a prayer request. I'm not really trying to dig into Just shutty up sometimes. We can also choose not to live in the drama. Enemies are enemies because they like to stir up drama. And when they get us on their hook, it tends to work, doesn't it? So all of these things, and then we can choose to speak when asked by God. And by speak, I mean the Bob Gothway, perhaps, or whatever he is prompting us in an interaction in our enemies' lives. You know, those first four, 
You don't even have to be in their presence to do, do you? And sometimes he's going to ask you to go further, and you're not going to want to. But by the time you've done these things, you'll see what he's up to. And the challenge then will be simpler because you just want to obey him. It is so not about Boris. It's about him. And when it becomes about him and following the path, which is always for good in in your life, then building a bridge to your enemies will simply be your next step. There's something really critical to remember in all of this, though. Really, Boris is not your enemy. No matter who Boris is, it's not them. They are not inherently and completely evil any more than any of the rest of us. We all have the capacity on any given day to do all things for God's glory or do horrendous evil. We're, the, the capacity as humans is in us for both things. And in Ephesians, Paul says this, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Boris is not our enemy. But against rulers, against the authorities and the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. You see, when Jesus rules in our hearts, the forces of evil, which can come through people but are really beyond this world when Jesus rules in our heart all of that strife can cease so let him rule your life and pray that he rules in Boris's let's pray together Father God man this stuff gets tough because we're just human And we don't like it when injustice is done to us. And yet, Lord, we just have to acknowledge that if justice were done to us by you, we wouldn't be heaven-bound. So, Father, because you have forgiven us so much, Lord, help us. Help us build bridges to our enemies and not to see them as the enemy, but to recognize what's going on here. And Lord, to reach out in a way that brings glory and honor to you always. In Jesus' name, amen. So many truths right there, uh, at least uh, impressed on me and um, I can't even imagine how difficult that would be to for me to give that sermon. She she felt convicted, giving that sermon. While just sitting there, I felt I felt the the weight of of everything that she was saying just being so relevant to me. And I just wanted to before we do this last song is you know so many truths to take away from that. I think that that we can all just kind of focus on. This last song is very contemplatory it's it's more thought-provoking it's it's not necessarily a sing-along song it's very heartfelt and it's a prayerful request asking God to say what are you calling what is your calling on me how can I be your hands and feet how can I be the things that are truthful that God's love is good God's love is complete it's unfailing it's amazing that he loves us so much and when you think about those words and those things and how you can respond to that, it's, it's, 
it's difficult, right? It's, it's the hardest to love our enemies. It's hard to, it's hard to connect with people who aren't like you. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, you have social barriers, economic barriers, or just geographic, but still it's, it's difficult. So there's a, but there is this call and response, like, you know, God's calling us to do something, to be his hands and feet, to, to, to make a difference in the world, to be Christ for people who are here. And I just, um, I just asked that maybe during this song, just that's, that's what our thought process, that's our prayerful request is just what can we do to be of service to people around us? Blessed are the poor, the kingdom is theirs, alive in the promise to be dead to the world. Blessed are the meek, and all of you, Father. The word at your right hand in the spirit of truth Unwavering is your voice Unwavering is your hand Unwavering is the heart That bled for the sins of man Unwavering is your will, unwavering is your plan, the fount of salvation on which we'll stand. Blessed are the righteous on bended knee. Bound in the freedom committed to you. Blessed are those who see in the height of glory. Found in the valley in suffering for you. Unwavering is your voice, unwavering is your hand, unwavering is the heart that bled for the sins of man, unwavering is your will, unwavering is your plan, the fount of salvation on which we will stand. Send us out to be your hands and feet. 
send us out to be your hands and feet send us out to be your hands and feet we're just gonna keep singing this for a while send us out to be your hands and feet we're gonna be thinking about all the different people in our lives that God can call us to to be of service to pray for Heavenly Father we just ask that you would just guide us you would call us into action that you would send us out let's sing this together send us out send us out to be out to be your hands and feet send us out to be your hands and feet send us out your hands and feet Send us out to be your hands and feet. Send us out. Send us out to be your hands and things in Jesus name send us out to be your hands and feet send us out to be your hands and feet yeah yeah
Thank you all for being here. I hope you've had as much fun as I did. Uh, go out and be the hands and feet. Have a great day. Thank you so much. I want to see your face as clear as the midnight stars. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.